And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Well, uh, moving on to other uh, uh, topics, uh, the uh, Republican committees are uh, uh, in session. Yeah. And uh, today there'll be, you know, Hunter Biden, Twitter, censorship, uh, things like that, that uh, start uh, in the uh, the House. Yesterday, this is something that Mayorkas was trying to, the Department of Homeland Security was trying to ban any, uh, uh, keep any Border Patrol agents from testifying to Congress. Mm. Well, Congress got some Border Patrol agents uh, yesterday. These are, uh, in fact, uh, yesterday they had uh, uh, two Border Patrol agents uh, U.S. Border Patrol Chief Agents uh, Gloria Chavez and John Modlin testified uh, before the House Oversight Committee uh, uh, yesterday. And it's exactly what we've been saying, exactly, that uh, to quote Mr. Modlin, and we'll have some audio from him, all I know is what we're being told by people who have crossed the border, and they are apt, and they absolutely Cross because they felt like the law and policy had changed. No, I mean, this is something we've talked about from the beginning. Biden, as a candidate, was saying, come here. We want you here. If you were deported during the Trump years. We welcome the surge on the border. And you saw it. Uh, the thousands and thousands and thousands of them that were waiting at the International Bridge in Del Rio a couple of years ago. What did they say? We're going to wait as long as we need to because we know we're going to get across. We know there's, you know, we know that we can get through now. And that's what they believe. They believe the policy has changed, that the laws have changed. Uh Asked whether those policy changes contributed to an increase in migrant apprehensions, Chief Border Patrol Agent John Maudlin of the Tucson sector said that many migrants interpreted Biden's election as an overhaul in the immigration 
process. Mm. There was an overwhelming belief among border crossers that when the administration changed, the law changed. Why? Because Biden invited them. Yeah. I want to play just a little bit of it was a it's a, uh, almost five hours. So we're not going to play five hours here. Yeah. But I want to play a little bit of the opening statement from Agent Maudlin yesterday. Hmm. A few moments ago, I characterized this area as unique as the current migration flow and challenges in the Tucson sector are vastly different to many other sectors across the nation and to what is widely reported in the media. The Tucson area of responsibility covers 262 linear miles of border, roughly 18,000 square miles of mostly desert wilderness and mountain ranges that extend immediately north of the border. Putting this figure in perspective, the area is more than twice the size of the country of El Salvador. In summer, temperatures can exceed 120 degrees Fahrenheit, and in winter can fall below freezing. The environment is arduous and inhospitable, presenting significant challenges for our agents and potentially life-threatening conditions for migrants. Last year, Tucson sector agents responded to over 3,500 lost or distressed migrants who needed to be rescued or required emergency medical care. Many of these were difficult and dangerous mountain rescues, putting agents' lives in danger. The most notable factor that sets Tucson apart from the rest of the southwest border is, excuse me, is the migrant demographic. It is not what you see on the news. Tucson sector is not encountering large family groups with small children waiting for border patrol agents to pick them up and process them. In Tucson, the vast majority of encounters are single adult males attempting to avoid detection. The smuggling organizations to our south are very well organized and resourceful. Each and every person crossing through the Tucson sector must pay these criminal organizations. These criminal organizations employ various tactics to move thousands of migrants illegally across the border. Nearly all migrants we encounter are completely outfitted and camouflaged by the smuggling organizations before they cross. Most run from and may fight our agents to avoid apprehension. Many are previously deported felons who know they are inadmissible to the United States, and many pose a serious threat to our communities. For example, task saturation is a term we use to describe a tactic where smuggling organizations split large groups of migrants into many smaller groups. These small groups are then directed to illegally cross the border all at once and at different locations, effectively saturating the area with migrants and exhausting our response capability. This tactic, coupled with the remoteness of the area, has a compounding effect and results in large areas of the border being left vulnerable while our agents are responding, rescuing, apprehending, and transporting hundreds of migrants. Smuggling organizations also leverage technology. For a fee, migrants are provided with a smartphone with routes and updates to guide themselves over the mountains and across the desert. More concerning is the smuggling organization's use of social media to recruit inexperienced smuggling load drivers, in many cases American teenagers, who race down to the border to overload their parents' vehicles with migrants for what they are misled to believe is a quick and inconsequential payday. However, they are wrong. Tucson sector prosecutes more smuggling cases than any other sector on the southwest border. Migrant encounters in the Tucson sector have increased significantly over the past several years. In 2020, our total encounters were 66,000. That figure nearly tripled in 2021 and then quadrupled last year. We closed last year, 2022, with over 250,000 encounters in Tucson. 216,000 of those were single adults. 
That is a 257% increase in just two years. At present, Tucson sector is experiencing a 20% increase in encounters compared to last year. In closing, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the service, dedication, and sacrifice of the men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol's Tucson sector. In these challenging times, I continue to be amazed by their daily efforts to keep our country safe. Both our uniformed and professional staff have demonstrated great commitment and resiliency in this ever-changing environment. It is both humbling and an honor to lead this truly professional group of people. There you go. Um, and then again, the, the questions and, and, uh, and answers came and, and where he stated, no, the reason they're coming over by what they say is because yeah. Biden invited them. Right. That's why they're coming over. Which is what we have heard now for two years. Yeah. And, you know, and the Department of Homeland Security did everything to keep agents from testifying. They yep. kept some from right. testifying. Yeah. But they weren't able to keep all of them from testifying. Well, and and, and the Border Patrol Chief uh, Raul Ortiz, mm-hmm. it was how long ago was that? About a month or two ago when he was being deposed. The attorney general in the state of Florida was basically uh, suing uh, the Biden administration uh, and Mayorkas. She was going after them and Raul Ortiz was being deposed. And Fox News got some of that deposition and the back and forth of, of okay, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, what is the protocol now when you have to uh, release, you know, someone, where are they released? Are they released here in the U.S.? Yes, it's right here, wherever they are detained, then they're released. And so basically, you're processing them very quickly and moving on. But but during that whole thing, I thought to myself, okay, Look, you're you're in a a situation where the AG of Florida calls you to depose you and and ask you questions. You have to go. And I thought to myself, you know, when it came out that they were trying to keep these agents from testifying. These agents serve the American people just like our elected officials are supposed to serve the American people and they should have to answer the questions. They should be able to answer the questions or have to answer the questions that our representatives uh, have for them in a situation like this. I haven't spoken to Raul Ortiz uh, about that deposition. I I don't know what the process is, but I, I know that it stands to reason that if you are called by the AG, or if you're called well, by you need to, you on need Capitol to, Hill. You need to explain because people may not know. You and, know yeah, him. For you're those a who, who don't right. know, I, I went to high school with Raul Ortiz. <laughs> right. The head of the Border Patrol. And he's the chief of the United States Border Patrol. Right. Uh, he's a he's going to hit 32 years of service coming up in, in May. So he has been doing that for a long, long time. Um, and these are these agents are especially and I know a number of agents. Uh, they are especially dedicated. You know, it is a, is it is a calling, and and um and 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 that job is is one of these that I can only imagine because I've never done it. Is is like playing you know bopamol where you think you've conquered you know or you've accomplished something over here right you've mm-hmm. conquered a problem over here. Then all of a sudden, there's another problem over, and it's never ending. It's every day. It's that way. 
And right now, especially having lived so many years in Del Rio, it was a given that the borders were broken then. I I don't know if I ever imagined it getting to this place. I guess I thought in the back of my mind, well, eventually this has to be fixed. But, man, if I ever thought that, well, was I wrong? And this is the problem. I, I, I still believe it should be fixed. But I don't know if, again, I don't know where, how far it has to go right now for politically that pressure to be there. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it in the next presidential run. I don't know. Well, what you at least are getting now, because remember, the the Democrats, you know, unless Mayorkas was called up and, you know, he has to report, uh, this ha- wasn't happening where we were finding out what's really going on on the border. Why? Uh, unfortunately, we have an administration that's lying to the American public consistently. Right. You know how many times Mayorkas has testified and the White House has agreed with it that the border is secure. Everybody knows, you know, that we can go back to Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, yesterday. We're not talking left versus right. We're talking normal versus crazy. Right. And that's crazy. Why can't you be honest with the American public about what's going on at the border? Right. Why can't you be honest and tell the truth as to what's going on at the border? Right. The reason they don't want these Border Patrol agents testifying is because they don't want the American public to know the truth. If yep. the border was secure, they wouldn't mind no. anybody testifying. The border's secure. Everything is great. Yep. They know they're lying. And so we, we get back to this again. Mayorkas knows he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> the Border Patrol agents know he's lying. Mm. We know he's lying. Uh, the entire world knows he's lying. Mm-hmm. Mayorkas knows that we know that he's lying, and they continue to lie. Yeah, right. And that's where we are. And it's like, oh, okay, we just we just accept it. Why? Because it's Democrats, and Democrats can get away with anything, even something on the border that's causing so much hardship for so many Americans. They don't give a damn. No, they don't. They don't give. They a damn. don't. They don't. And and they'll be the first to throw Border Patrol agents under the bus. When they have done nothing wrong, yeah, just to fulfill a political narrative yep. that is a lie. Yeah, it, it's and, and there's the thing too is that they don't care about the individuals who are doing that job. No, they don't. You know, and, and that's part of the point of bringing up how how dedicated I know they are. The American people know that they are. My gosh, what it takes to do that job! You must feel. Every day, like you're accomplishing very little, if anything, yet you still are dedicated to that job. That's a special kind of dedication. Yep. And yet, this administration is absolutely okay with lying about what happened at the International Bridge with those agents. Yep. Ruining their lives... And really, their careers, their livelihoods, their families all have to go through this to facilitate a lie. A lie. Yep. And Biden is behind it. You know, we hear a lot of Republicans say Mayorkas needs to be impeached. He's just doing what Biden tells him to do. You can impeach Mayorkas. The next guy is going to do the or girl or whoever is going to do the same thing. 
It doesn't change anything. As long as Biden is president, it'll be the next Mayorkas in that job. 86690-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies and offers benefits like improved fuel economy, increased tire life, and reduced vibration. Unusual shaking in the seat, cab, or steering wheel is a warning sign your tires might need to be balanced. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up on the bottom of uh, the hour, uh, just we'll play uh, more audio, some of the back and, and forth uh, between Representative Comer and the two representatives of the Border Patrol uh, uh, yesterday where the Border Patrol agents said, no, uh, the uh, Biden's policies are sending the open border message to uh, uh, illegal immigrants to cross the border, mm-hmm. as, as we all knew. And the border is uh, not secure and really interesting. It's it's a real long. I mean, the hearing was five hours long. So, I mean, yeah, it was extremely. Right. Yeah. We can't play the entire thing, but we'll yeah. play we'll play part of it. But when they talk about because both of them, uh, uh, I think the uh, 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 let me see, uh, Gloria Chavez, the uh, uh, she's in the Rio Grande area. Yeah. And uh, he was in the Tucson area. But they both said that everything has changed. When it comes, these these aren't what they've seen is not an increase in families coming across. These are single men, yeah. and the cartels right. are more involved than ever before in the smuggling of people across the border. Well, there are a couple of things here that uh, you know have happened recently in recent years. Is the cartels realized that they can make a lot of money? Uh, it's not just drugs that they get across the border, but getting people across the border. Uh, that's the new commodity. And there is a steady stream, the supply of people for them to move across the border. You're basically paying that fee, and it is brutal. Those families get into northern Mexico and then quite often are forced to call family members somewhere else and say, send more money or else. And that's how the game works. And what they do know is that the cartels and uh, Chief Ortiz and, and other agents have pointed this out for a number of years. It's much worse right now. But they create, if they send a ton of people to uh, border crossings in one area, you know, again, going back to the Del Rio International mm-hmm. Bridge, uh, then they know that there's going to be such a high concentration uh, of agents in that area that it opens up other, you know, crossings uh you know, in, in other areas. And that's exactly how they operate. And there has been, you know, and there is a, 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 a this new surge in violence right now in Mexico from the new Jalisco cartel that is um, different than what they have seen in the past. It's increasing. And, and these are things that we either choose to ignore 
or choose to solve. We're we're capable of mm-hmm. solving it as a nation. We have the resources. If we want to to say that that's going to be our focus, then we can do that. It's just a matter of time before that violence gets worse here. The cartel activity is already here, and we're seeing that with uh, with the fentanyl deaths and and everything else coming across the border. Those are the cartel's uh, actions, and we're paying, you know, in some cases, families paying uh, a horrible price, and we're allowing this still to happen Yes, and doing nothing about it. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, the good thing is Mm. here, there's a lot of bad things, but the good thing is with the Republicans in the House, and this is why it's important, is not that you may have monumental movement, but at least it's not bureaucrats. When when you had... um, the Democrats controlling both the House and the Senate. They refused to do any type of oversight or accountability on the problems that are going on. Right. Mayorkas, who was a bureaucrat, could get up there and lie mm-hmm. and say, oh, the border is secure. Well, we want to get Border Patrol agents. No, Democrats control all of it. We, we're not going to let you talk to those people. Right. You can't talk to you. You don't have subpoena power. You can't do it. Right. You know, you can't do it. We can't. And we're not going to invite them. The border is fine. The border secure. Mayork has just said it. We all know that's bull. But it's what the American public has wanted. The American yeah. public, by the way that they have voted, actually, you don't, I don't, many of us don't, but this is exactly what the American public has voted for. Yep. And now they're upset because the American public 
supposedly disagrees with all of this. But what you get now is not bureaucrats giving lies and going back and forth between a bureaucrat. You actually get the professionals on the ground. Yeah, exactly. And, and in any oversight coming up here on Twitter, the coming up on Twitter, you're gonna they're gonna bring witnesses in. They'll subpoena witnesses. We'll find out about the relationship between nothing may get done. But at least the American the best we can do is that the American public knows the truth. If juries won't convict, nothing you can do about that. Right. If the American public will accept censorship, if they will accept corruption, if they will accept wrongdoing, not much you can do about it. Right. But what we can do about it, what the Republicans can do about it, is ensure that the American public actually hears the truth of what's going on at the border, what's going on when it comes to censorship at tech companies, that all Americans agree is going on. Yeah. I mean, what, that's landslide numbers <laughs> right, for this right. for censorship. Everybody knows the border's a mess. It's not like these things are being hidden, but we've just had the last two years where it's, nope, we need to hide it from the American no, public. We're it, not going to tell It really you. is about the question. It, it's, it's the Americans who care about it and the Americans who don't. It's not whether yeah. it's true or not. Yeah. It's do you care or not? Well, it's like the economy. Right. Look at the polls. Right. Yeah. You know, Biden's up there. Everything's great. Everything's great. The American public doesn't buy it. They don't buy it. But a significant portion that don't even buy it accept it as the best yeah. that we can do. Yeah. Well, I'll vote for them again. Right. But I want to play here. This is uh, Representative uh, uh, James Comer, the o uh, Oversight and Accountability Committee chair, hmm. uh, uh, to, uh, with the questions, the back and forth uh, with the Border Patrol agents. Uh, yesterday in front of the Oversight and Accountability Committee. Uh, Chief Modlin, would you agree that the cartels currently exercise significant control over who is allowed to illegally cross in between the ports of entry? Chairman, thank you. Um, what, what I see in Tucson sector, my experience is, is that no one crosses the border in Tucson sector without, without going through the cartels. The, the, it's, you know, in the past, if you don't mind me expounding just a little bit, you know, in my career started in San Diego, it was not uncommon for, for migrants to make it to the border and then just cross and then try to do the best they could. In Tucson sector, everything south of the border is controlled by the cartels. So do the cartels try to overwhelm Border Patrol agents by illegally crossing large groups of individuals at a single time? Yes, sir. So what we see, that, although that is very rare in Tucson sector, in Tucson sector, Maybe once or twice a week we'll see a group of about 100 people, sort of what we refer to as a give-up group, that gives up in a, in a very remote area. And, of course, when that happens, our first, our first priority is to, is to get to that group, sort of triage that group, determine if there's um, vulnerable populations in that group. But these, these locations are, could potentially be hours from the nearest paved road. So to get that group out of there takes a tremendous amount of personnel, which leaves other areas vulnerable. Right. As you mentioned, it takes a significant law enforcement to respond to those large groups. Uh, have these crossings of large groups gotten more frequent over the last couple of years? Sir, in, in my experience in the Tucson sector, it has gone up a little bit. However, the, the biggest change that we've seen in the Tucson sector, as, as I mentioned in my opening statement, is really the, the task saturation. What they're, what they're doing to us out there is, is a newer tactic, which is, to break what used to be traditionally groups of maybe 10 to 20, 
which Border Patrol agents are trained to, um, to be able to apprehend a group of 10 to 20 people. However, it also takes a single Border Patrol agent to apprehend a single person coming across the border. And so the, the predominant tactic in the Tucson sector is to allow people to cross by themselves um, or in groups of two or three, which, which then saturates our, our ability to respond. Chief Chavez, do the cartels intentionally put migrants in peril so that U.S. Border Patrol agents respond to conduct rescue operations? That is correct, Chairman. I think that for the Rio Grande Valley, for example, as Chief Baldwin was saying, you know, we have experienced a large group uh, situation as well. Uh, for us, I think we've had this fiscal year 55 uh, or 22, I'm sorry, different types of groups in the most western portion of the RGV. And a lot of times, because we have so much brush land out there, the, the Big King Ranch area up in the Rio Grande Valley, many times, especially during the summer months, there's a lot of migrants out there that are out there uh, requiring rescue. So a lot of times our agents are out there rescuing people, being task saturated in rescues, abandoning frontline operations. So therefore, cartels have, uh, take advantage of that area. Have rescue operations by Border Patrol increased over the last couple of years? Yes, they, yes, they have, Chairman. Uh, for us, I think uh, last year we had over 100, um, 1,100 uh, rescues uh, just in the RGV area, and uh, we are expecting that number to supersede last year. Uh, Chief Modlin, we know that the majority of fentanyl seized was seized in the controlled environment ports of entry. Does that mean that we shouldn't worry about the cartels trafficking illicit narcotics, including deadly fentanyl, in between the ports of entry? Chairman, what I can tell you from my, my experience in Tucson sectors, last year we seized about 700 pounds of fentanyl. To, to give you an idea, based on, on the lethality of a dose of, of fentanyl, that's enough to kill everyone in Arizona 21 times or basically half the population of the United States. And, and that was encountered 52 percent of that, so the majority of that was encountered in the field. So that is predominantly um, being backpacked across the border. The other 48% the other was caught at our immigration checkpoints, sir. There have been hundreds of thousands of gotaways just in the last few months, almost 600,000 estimated last year. Chief Modlin, are you concerned that the cartels are leveraging a chaotic situation to bring in criminals or suspected terrorists who evade apprehension entirely? Sir, Gotaways are incredibly important. Tucson sector ha has seen a lot of them. As, as I described earlier, that, that process of task saturating us does leave areas vulnerable and then allows people to cross that, that we're aware of in the case of a gotaway, but we just literally can't get there to apprehend them. I think the other concern is the, the, the sort of unknown amount of gotaways, the, the people that we don't see. I do know that Tucson sector... Um, years ago, about 10 or 15 years ago, had a significant laydown of technology. So yeah. Tucson sector does have an incredible amount of situational awareness. And so we are aware of the, the, the folks that are getting away. So it sounds like the cartels are taking advantage of a historically high flow of illegal immigration to overwhelm Border Patrol agents' resources, uh, place migrants in peril, and undermine border security by introducing deadly narcotics, criminals, and terrorists into our country. It's, it's unfortunate then that President Biden's administration removed many of the deterrent policies that were working to reduce the flow of illegal border crossings and keep cartels in check. For two years, we've watched the crisis unfold with little oversight. No longer. There you go. And all it does, and I'm glad I actually could turn it off because when I was watching it earlier, because it's five hours long, I just get furious. I get furious that the United States government, who
whose job is to protect the American people, don't give a damn at all. Biden doesn't give a damn if you're on the border. He doesn't care. You know, we had said this, remember the whole, you know, with uh, with COVID, where people were crossing the border. So he doesn't care about COVID. Otherwise, he'd do something about the border. We wouldn't have, he wouldn't have opened up the border the way that he did. But it's so much more than that. It's the criminal activity. It's the enriching of the, the, the cartels, making the cartels more powerful than they've ever been because of the cash that they can make. And the Democrats don't give a damn. And I'm sorry for my language, but you, when you when you listen to this over and over again and see when you really know what's going on at the ground and you realize Biden doesn't care, Schumer doesn't care, Pelosi doesn't care. The Democrats don't care. Not, I'm trying to think of any non-border Democrat that isn't inconvenienced. And now what you're finding is, there, did you see the story the other day about, uh, you know, a lot of the Democrat mayors now are sending the migrants up towards Canada, hoping they'll go into Canada, that now the Democrats are getting into busing migrants all over the place. Only if it's an inconvenience to them do they complain. But the federal government is supposed to protect all sectors of the United States. Yeah. Right. And they don't care about the cities on the border, the citizens of the United States on the border. They don't care. They're saying your life can be a living hell and will help it be a living hell. And we'll lie about the agents and who are we'll out there trying to protect you. Yes. We'll lie about the agents. We'll lie about what's going on. We'll lie that it's secure. Because what happened with the agents at the International Bridge was not a mistake. They knew what the truth was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They did, yeah. They knew it immediately. They concocted the lie to make it about the Border Patrol agents so they could take the heat off themselves. Yep. It's it's reprehensible what they're doing. And they go through it every day as if they're on some type of moral high ground. Yeah. And and they lie to the American public as if that oh no, this is the border is secure. What well, are you talking and, about? And Mayorkas is is a real reflection of the president he serves. Yeah, the... The, the arrogance, the, the dismissive, uh, the, uh, the defiance the in his tone. The coldness that he feels towards Americans at the border that he yeah. doesn't care. Right. There's something extremely just cold-hearted about the Democrats in this entire thing. They don't care. It's, it's and, beyond arrogance. Yeah. In fact, I would rather him stand up and say... I want them all coming across the border. I want them here. I don't want them staying in Mexico or staying in their country of origin. I want them here. I would rather he just say that. Because, A, I know that's the truth. Yeah. And, B, tell me what the difference would be. And that's the thing. They don't care. And then they lie. And as we stated before, because this is what I really find amazing in our in, in in our culture, in a culture that expects perfection in in the commercial arena, 
Oh, you got a guarantee. It better be a guarantee. You better tell me the truth or you better to integrity, honesty, everything that I buy when I buy it with my money, it's better be there. And then Madonna better better look great when she's on stage. <laughs> she's got to pay tens of millions of dollars to look that good. Grandma Gaga. We want perfection everywhere, mm-hmm. except in our government that claims that they are giving you perfection, but are lying about everything. Right. right. And you accept it. Right. Not you, and not I mean you, and mm-hmm. I don't mean our audience, mm-hmm. but I mean a significant portion of America. And the thing is, we all know they're lying about the border. Right. And as I said, that's the thing. This thing that when I came up with the ways back and went, wow, uh, Mayorkas knows he's lying. Biden knows he's lying. Mayorkas knows he's lying. They both know they're both lying. They know that the press knows they're lying. The press knows that they're lying. The press knows the people know they're lying. The people know that everybody's lying. And so everybody knows that everybody is lying. And they keep on lying. And nobody says, hey, you know, everybody actually knows you're lying about this. It's just... And you're paying them to do that. You're paying them to make your life a living hell. Um, If you live on the border. Or if you live in New York. Yeah, that's true. Four billion it's going to cost. You see that figure the other day? Four billion. Yeah, well, welcome to being a border state. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Do you like listening to Red Eye On Demand? We have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile podcast. More topics and issues discussed. If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the road means more money. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866 866- uh, 90 red eye. So after this morning, uh, and the morning shows again, the liberal morning shows, especially, uh, saying what a great speech it was for, uh, Biden, you're probably not going to hear a lot about it. Uh, you're going to be back to the balloon. It'll be back to Biden. It'll be back to Twitter today because the yeah, House Oversight right. Committee is supposed to start on censorship and Twitter. Yeah. The only thing I could see is it's not going to be a lot of good news for the Biden administration the rest of the week. So the Sunday news shows out of desperation may say, let's talk, Chuck Todd. Let's talk about what a great week it was because of the State of the Union address. (laughs) Greatest speech of all time. (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen, live overnight. All right, so... Our favorite moment. Yeah. We will say this. This was unscripted. Mm. We're being told this was not in the transcript. It it does not. I searched the transcript yes. myself and we, did not find it in the prepared remarks. Yes. We did our research, as we always do. Yeah. Well, he did it. 
because I was too lazy. Yeah. And uh, this this is our favorite part of right. the State of the Union address right. last night. Name me a world leader who changed. Oops. Hold on. Hold on. This place is with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me a world leader who changed I don't know what's wrong. positions with Xi Jinping. Why did I have tr- why did I have trouble with that? I, want, I don't let know. Me try, let me try it again. Okay. All right. Let's hear it again. It, it just for some reason it's worth replaying. All right. Hang on one second here for a moment. Let me let me solve the problem. All right. Stop doing that. Work right. All right. I yelled at the computer. Yeah, here that'll go. make it work right. Here we go. All right. Name me a world leader who changed. Wow. Places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Not done. Name me one. Nobody has any idea of what he was saying. Who who changed positions with Xi Jinping? Changed places. Changed places with Xi Jinping. Yeah. Is that why they paid Hunter? They want them to change. I have no idea. Are I mean, we doing that... an exchange? Is what does that even mean? I have no idea. I mean that was the best part though, because, and I was when I was listening to it because, and I listened to a, a, a replay. I, I was as I was driving in is when I heard that. So there I am driving down the tollway, da, 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 like all of a sudden this comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, and nobody knew how to react. Yeah, it was like I Marjorie even, Taylor Green. I don't even know what he's referring to. It left her speechless. I I don't know what he's even. Referring to, <laughs> change places with Xi Jinping. I wonder if somebody will ask that question to Karine Jean Pierre today. I don't think you can ask any other question before you ask that one. <laughs> what the hell was he talking what, about? What does that oh. mean? <laughs> How did the president trade places? Yeah. And he was so angry the anger came out of nowhere it's like he's extremely angry and irritated over something that nobody can figure out yeah no no, that was the other thing too you know it's (laughs) just kevin hart has has this joke is you know as you get older as a dad you just wake up angry all right what's going on in here you know what who did the who did the 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 thing with the you know and that's what it, it just seems like that kind of moment. At hey, least, hey, what? Yeah. At least Cedric, when he got angry at Kramer, yeah, it was because he wasn't wearing the ribbon. Right, exactly. We knew what was going on. Yeah, we knew what the incentive was. We well, knew where, there, where that rage came from, Cedric, when he, well, who don't wear the ribbon? My, my question would be this, and I would phrase it this way. When is the president going to change places with Xi Jinping. <laughs> or when did he? Did we miss something? Oh, God. I mean, it's... Oh. It's bizarre. And and, and really, <laughs> the, the anger thing... I don't know what... I, I just don't know what that was. It, it clearly was a balloon moment. I mean, I know where it came from. I know where the anger came from. Oh, you think it was a balloon moment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I think it was, I, I think it was about the criticism over the balloon. That oh. I think that's that's where the anger came from. Oh, okay. The actual content within the anger, I have no idea what that means. But no, this was 
clearly about China and the balloon. <laughs> I'm glad you figured out that puzzle. <laughs> well, I, I don't know of any anything else related to China that would make him so angry. Yeah, it's certainly not the money that his son received. And the funny thing is, when I did wake up before I listened, you know, before I played it on YouTube on the way to work, mm. um, and and <laughs> I did a bunch of you know tweets out there. Where did that anger come from? <laughs> you just hear oh, people wait a minute. Saying, Where'd that anger come from? Wait Where'd that minute. anger come from? Where'd that anger come from? Maybe it is about the hunter thing. Did did China pay their hunter bill this month? Hmm. I don't. I, call the Penn Biden accounting you know, office. It's. You know, as, as of the time that he said that, it was already February 7th, so they're beyond... Oh, are they late on their payments? Their, grace, their hunter grace period. Oh, that's what... I know, <laughs> I, by the way, I already, I already know the irony of saying the word hunter and grace in the same sentence, but <laughs> we've got to find out if they're late. Uh, that would be the question on their hunter payment. Are they, are they up to date on their hunter payment? Wow, that's just... It was weird. Yeah, and uh, you know we we discussed and went through uh, fact checking and did that all earlier in the show, uh, and even now, it's like you're going to have the news shows, morning shows, talk about it, and then we're back to Balloon Gate. Yeah. Uh, then we're back to Twitter and censoring because that's going to be, I believe, that's what uh, Commerce Committee is going to be looking at uh, today, uh, and so everything moves on, and so the Sunday morning or the Sunday, the uh, the yeah, the Sunday morning news shows. Uh, if there's nothing positive this week else from the Biden mm-hmm. uh, uh, camp or from the Democrats are just probably might bring it up again to say what a wonderful speech it is because they have to they've got to grab something and hold on to it. And as we said, just a quick overview for everybody. This was the best possible speech that he could do. Yeah. And and uh, <clears throat> substance wise. Well, no, it, it sucked, but that's not what they're looking for to motivate their party they're looking for uh exactly what he did which was just lay out not talk about the challenges and 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 problems that we're having in this in in this country not talking about for example um you know the uh, inflation and what truly is going on the president started out by saying you know they created 12 point uh, was it 12.1 million jobs the most ever created in uh, what is it, two years or whatever, yeah, more than yeah. four years. Mm. And then they said, well, if you're going to use that same <clears throat> standard in the fact check, uh, actually, Trump, if you're counting the fact that you closed down, you didn't actually create these jobs, you closed them down, then they opened back up again after COVID. That's not the creation of jobs and the new creation of wealth, as we all know. So it's a bogus point to begin with, but it was pointed out, if you're going to follow the Democrat and the Biden standard on it, then Trump created 12.5 million jobs in one year that's way more than biden twice the number of jobs because he did it in one year and biden it took two years yeah it's like oh stop what you're talking about is the job loss and then those jobs coming back uh after so uh when he started out with that i just went okay here we go it's the same litany very much reminded me of the clinton speech I can't remember what year it was. I don't know if it was 94, 95, or 96. I'm thinking it would have been nine. It, it might have been 95 or 96 where he just went on and on and on. Biden, I when you told me the speech, the actual speech length was an hour and 12 minutes, I didn't mm. believe you. I said it mm. was longer. 
Mm-hmm. It just seems longer with him. Yeah. When I was coming in by the about the four yeah. four minute yeah. mark, yeah. if I if this wasn't my living, I would have turned it off. If I didn't have to analyze what he was doing, because that's what we do for a living, yeah, I would have turned it off. I, I would have. I'm, it's, I'm it's, done. You know, it's hard to know because. You know, we don't have those. We don't have that perspective. We've been doing this for, for right. You know, so I. But I, I, I wonder to myself. I, I, if I weren't doing this for a living, would the train wreck effect keep me there? There's an argument to be made there. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, and I'll never know. But yeah. I, you know, but it's going on for that long. Here's what would turn me off. Uh, it would be the promise after promise after promise after promise that you know you can't deliver. If if he had come in with a bag full of promises and gotten that speech done in, I don't know, 45 minutes, I'm trying to be realistic for a State of the Union, 45, 50 minutes, whatever. It would still be a little, you know, too long and tedious. But it would be, you know, okay, that was the State of the Union. Uh, probably is overdoing it on the promises and, and what he would like to do. When you're going on and on and on, and he is apparently angry, that, that moment we just played for you is important because it puts on full display. This is the moment they nobody wanted to happen for two reasons. It shows that. You know, again, it brings up the question, what is going on in his mind? Is he actually present? Yeah. And it also shows his anger and defiance. Well, that was that was brought up. You saw that on social media saying, is that early signs of dementia? Right. That you just blurt out something that makes no sense, but you're extremely angry about it. Right. And that was brought up and people, you know, they will uh, people will think and say, OK, we believe the majority of America believes he has cognitive problems anyway. And, and so that's the thought that goes, comes in your mind, which which fits. Um, but also it fits the nature of Joe Biden. You know, to shout in the face mm. of an auto worker while you want that auto worker and the people that are sitting there mm-hmm. with him to vote for you. And this is a guy who's ready to fight and wants to fight everybody for no reason. Which means, do you attack, and if if he ends up being the nominee, you know, and uh, do you attack big time? And is that one of the reasons, you know, when you had uh, Clyburn a couple of weeks ago come out, hmm. and you know, one of the reasons they moved it to South Carolina, the belief is, is because. Uh, in New Hampshire, for example, Biden wasn't leading; Buttigieg was. Right. So they need to give Biden momentum. Uh, you know, in in to begin with, and they're doing everything to keep anybody from challenging him. And remember, when Clyburn sort of put out the warning yesterday, or not yesterday, last month, sort of put out a warning that nobody should challenge Biden mm-hmm. because they're scared to death that if he gets in there and he is attacked, how will he respond? He doesn't answer more than one question. Right. There are no hard interviews with the president. I think there's a fear that he will blow up. Yeah. If there's any yeah. tough question or and if the other person raises her voice and makes an accusation, I think there's a fear that he'll uh, lose it. We'll we'll cover more of what we thought of the State of the Union address coming up. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
a drop in farm cash receipts and net income. That's what USDA analysts are projecting for this year. The latest forecast has producers generating just over $150.5 billion in net cash income. Down about 21% relative to last year. Which was a record high income year. This from USDA analyst Spiro Stefano. He says USDA is projecting a 4.3% decline in total cash receipts, 3% drop for crops. Corn, soybeans, cotton, fruit, vegetables, all forecast to go down. Only wheat will see an increase in receipts, but by less than 1%. Livestock receipts expected to drop by 5.7%, led by a decline in dairy sales. Meanwhile, production expenses last year, those went up 11%. This year, they're going to increase, but not as much, about 4%. Led by interest rate expenses up 22%, much smaller increases for livestock and labor, possible small declines for fertilizer, fuel, and feed. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Shop at iowa80.com for the best selection of everything for your truck. Bumpers, fenders, toolboxes, Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Just to put things into perspective, well, when when I, I was like, God, here I'm driving to work listening to the State of the Union going, and, and, stop it, stop it, stop it. Now, I've heard the rhetoric for years, but one of the best things of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and I think she did okay. I mean, I wish I would have seen a little bit more excitement. I think she did good in bringing up the left cultural wars, and I do think that one important part of it was she said, this isn't left versus right, this is normal versus crazy. And I went, oh, they focus group that. Yeah. Just right. like Claire McCaskill did yeah. when that advertising came out for the Democrat with two people talking, saying, well, Claire McCaskill, she's not one of those crazy Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, that's still there. And is it bigger? Is that in the public? And so she brought out, you know, basically the uh, the culture wars and uh, and an education about raising the kids, which was which was good. But when she ended so quickly, I was like. Oh, good. This is done. I can now prepare for work. Because <laughs> hers was only, I don't know how long it was. It was only six or seven minutes long. It wasn't long at all. Yeah. But Biden was uh, normally, you know, what, what you get out of a Democrat when the economy is suffering, which is we will promise you everything in the world. And so the media is going to love it that he promised everything in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one back and forth when he uh, accused Republicans of wanting to sunset is the word that he used. Social Security and Medicare. And nobody has done that. National Review fact checked that. And they talked about Rick Scott talking about the fact that we have to look at these things. But the five year sunset was on laws, legislative laws, not entitlement programs. Mm-hmm. He never stated that. Mm-hmm. So that's when you heard the Republicans you know, start answering him back. He was, uh, the interesting thing was, uh, he was taunting them. He wanted a response. Yeah. And yeah. and then he was like, oh, okay, well, then maybe nobody wants to do it. Well, we'll all get together, and nobody wants to cut Social Security and everything else. And I know one of the writers of National Review said, what a cowardly moment, what a horrible, basically, moment for Republicans that, but as we said, but that's what the public wants. The public believes, the polling shows, 
that the budget, they believe the budget can be balanced by simply cutting wasteful spending and foreign uh, foreign aid. Right. It can't. Well, it can't. It, no, it's in, it's, and, that's, and that's that's the thing is that when you because if you ask people uh, how much of the you know percentage wise, how much do you think of the budget is is uh, is foreign aid? I wonder how many people would say a third. Yeah, they might. Yeah, you know, and it was. Do you think it's over a trillion dollars in foreign aid? Oh yeah, it's over a. Tr- I, I wonder how many people would say, oh, yeah, it's over a trillion. Oh, yeah, it's a third. It might be more. It's, what is it, 1% maybe? Some, 2%? Yeah, somewhere in like there. That. Right. Uh, and and so that's and that's why you had Kevin McCarthy saying, we're not going to touch it. We're not going to touch it. We're not going to touch it. And that's why they were insistent a week before saying, Social Security is not part of the uh, of the uh, the debt ceiling. Right. This is not a part of it. That's not what we want to cut. In this, we want to cut wasteful spending, which is exactly what the polls say. But eventually, you're going to have to somehow rework it. Now, you may have to move back Social Security to 70. You can tax billionaires. You can throw a 10% tax on and maybe keep it going for another year. But the numbers, when you look, it's not it's not an opinion. And look, I'll be collecting in a few years. I don't I don't want to make less than what they're promising me right now. I'm just telling you the economic reality of where it's going. Mm-hmm. And on Medicare, where he said that in his, I, I want to see this. Did you hear what he said in Medicare that um, uh, in his budget, he's going to propose something that will keep Medicare solvent for years. Well, I'd like to see what that is. Right. Yeah. And right. add everything else that he's going to do that the public would have to subsidize. And we're going to have record deficit reduction. Yeah. I mean, he's basically offering he's basically offering the delusion that Democrats believe Americans have bought for the last 40 years, which has done what? Created the debt that we have today, which mm-hmm. has created the inflation we have today. We have finally felt the consequences of the deficit spending that we've had. Mm-hmm. And so Biden comes in and says, I'm going to I'm going to promise the impossible and hopefully get a bump for the next week or so. Right. You know, and that's it. And we'll see. But it is all a part of bringing about that, you know, the jealousy and envy for the billionaires and corporations and leading to more taxation, they hope. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. You know, you and I had a discussion earlier in the show that the State of the Union address, even when I was, you know, younger, 
You know, when, yeah. when I was young. And there was only, you know, four TV networks. That was it. You, there was no cable. Mm-hmm. And so you had ABC, NBC, CBS, and public broadcasting. That was it. And yeah, probably right, right. public broadcasting might not have even been covering it at the time. Might have only been ABC, CBS, and NBC. You mm-hmm. had no choice but to watch it. Well, you know where we are now. <clears throat> it doesn't have that big of an impact. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have a president that was touting, and Nancy Pelosi was on afterwards doing it, and the Democrats were doing it yesterday, touting what a great economy we have. You've seen the polling. Yeah. When Americans are convinced by the numbers that they're convinced that the economy is horrible and you keep telling them they're wrong, what kind of an impact does it have? And then you promise them everything and they go, well, you haven't delivered. You haven't made my life better right now. And so that's the problem. That's the problem that they have. So, again, the the news shows this morning will cover it. Uh, on the networks and be very favorable of it. What a great, and then it's forgotten and it's moved on and people move on and, and you get, you get to what's going on every day. And so we'll be back to the whole balloon thing. The one, uh, the balloon thing and, and, uh, Twitter and censorship you hear a lot in the next couple of days as those hearings, uh, uh, start. But what I found interesting is for the first time in a long time, I believe it might be the first time because uh, I don't believe Biden did it last year. It's the first time in a major speech Biden has not talked about the problems with Republican voting laws. Hmm. There was no, the Georgia voting law is racist. Mm-hmm. There was no, the Texas voting law is racist. That has gone. And it's very, very, very important that we cover this. Why? Because when you call somebody a racist, we believe that is a serious thing. When we do it, we make sure that we explain it. Because we believe if you're going to use that type of harsh label on someone, you you owe it to your audience who is listening to explain specifically why that person is a racist or involved in racist activity. On the Georgia election law, they never did. They simply said the Georgia election law is Jim Crow on steroids. They simply said voter ID is racist, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, explain how is it racist? Well, it denies, well, we don't see that anywhere. Well, it does. Well, that's not good enough. You're saying it is intentionally racist. The election law. And as we said, they never tried to explain. They never, ever attempted to explain. Think about this. Major League Baseball bought into the lie. Major League Baseball enabled the race baiters and moved Major League Baseball from Georgia to Arizona. And it was all based on a lie. How do we know? Two points. First off, new analysis on on Monday from a group not known as conservative, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Mm. And they looked at voter ID laws. And what did they find? Uh, uh, Existing research focuses on how voter ID laws affect voter turnout and fraud, write the two authors, Mm. who are political scientists 
at Notre Dame. But the extent to which they produce observable election benefits for Republican candidates and or penalized Democrats remains an open question. Why? Well, they decided to examine state and federal elections from 2003 to 2020. The first voter ID laws that were implemented. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Produced a Democratic advantage. I'm sorry. I thought you said Democratic advantage. Yes. Now, you're the person that corrects me probably more than anyone. I know I'm not for you. Mm -hmm. You're married. Mm. (laughs) But no, I did say Democratic advantage. She doesn't correct me. She just ignores me. (laughs) The first. Uh, She gives me bottomless Pinocchios. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. The the first. Uh, Just endless mistakes. Just move on. The first voter uh, ID laws implemented produced just the opposite. It produced a Democratic advantage. Mm. which then weakened to near zero after 2012, the study says. We conclude that voter ID requirements motivate and mobilize supporters of both parties, ultimately mitigating their anticipated effects on election results. As Gallup polled last year, that may be why. Requiring photo ID is favored by 77%. Here, This is a quote from the, the actual survey. Is favored, quote, by 77% of people of color and 80% of white adults, end of quote. Also, for the Georgia election law, for the second election that it was used for, the Georgia 2022 post-election survey asked to rate their personal experience voting in Georgia, 72.6% of black residents said their personal voting experience was excellent. 23.6% said good. 3.3% said fair. Hmm. How many black residents polled in the Georgia post-election survey said their election experience in Georgia was poor? Hmm. Zero. Wow. Zero. The figures for whites, 72.7% said excellent, 23.3% said good, 3% fair, 0.9% poor. Uh. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other part of it was time and time again, uh, the Democrats over the years saying voter ID was going to affect turnout. Watch the turnout. Because that's what they were saying. And it didn't happen. That this is going to be, uh, this is the type of voter suppression because too many people won't be able to get IDs, so therefore they won't be able to vote. And watch, this will happen. And time and time again, it showed voter turnout was increasing. You know, the left got quiet about it, and then finally you had Senator Warnock in Georgia. I don't even know anybody who's against voter ID. Yeah. Which we yeah. thought was bizarre because he, A, either doesn't know anybody or B, isn't telling the truth. And so it's important to understand <clears throat> there is the evidence. They never had the evidence that these things were racist to begin with. No. And now the evidence that has come out shows that what they did, and we need to point this out, <clears throat> they had no evidence that anything was racist or had anything to do with Jim Crow laws. They said it anyway, and the president and the Democratic leadership said it over and over and over again. Why do you say things that are completely untrue that have to do with racism right you, that's what if you want to look at what uh white supremacy leaders that have existed in our past what they have done to motivate they lie to make people of different color skin hate each other right that's what hate group leaders do that is normal operating procedure for the Democratic leadership, that is that is the strategy of President Biden, of Nancy Pelosi, of Chuck Schumer. They lie and call something racist so they can instill anger and rage across human lines based on skin color. They want people to hate each other based on a lie. And they get organizations and corporations on board for it immediately. Major League Baseball didn't do the research. Major League Baseball enabled what hate group leaders do. And many other corporations did the exact same thing. And, of course, the negative effects on minority-owned businesses there in Georgia as a result of... Major League Baseball pulling out can't be ignored either. Nope. And they need to be called out on it because they are what they claim you are. They are exactly what they claim the opposition is. They claim the opposition is racist. And that's why it's so important that when we come and these things, you know, these things come out, the polls come out and the results come out, that you bring it up, that you never, ever. Stop letting the truth out that it is those that call others racist in our society today and major leaders in our country, including the president of the United States, that will act like a hate crime leader in order to make people 
hate each other because of skin color based on a lie. How despicable and disgusting of a human being do you have to do to do that? And that's what you have in the leadership of the Democratic Party. And I'll end with this for any Democrat out there. Please tell us one point that we are wrong in. One. You can't. And you know something? A significant portion of the Democratic voter is okay with it. And the entire Democratic Party in the federal government, in the federal level, is okay with it across the board. It is not uh, a no, small it's opinion. It's, it's an it's, important tool in their is, political toolbox. It's mainstream inside Absolutely. the Democratic Party. And that has to be known how radical they are and how despicable and disgusting they will the things that they will do in order to attempt to win and that's why last night nothing on voting laws what mm. happened this was the biggest the end of democracy it's now gone yep it needs to be pointed out 86690 red eye coming up more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley it's red eye radio Of commercial and the capital Wednesday morning, as we told you, that's why there's not going to be a lot of talk, uh, you know, after today about the State of the Union address. Mm-hmm. Representative James Comer laid out the goal in a prepared version of the opening remarks, ex- excerpts of which were released ahead of the 10 a.m. hearing. Twitter under the quote, Twitter under the leadership of our witnesses today was a private company the federal government used to accomplish what it constitutionally cannot limit. Uh, the free exercise of speech, end of quote, Comer will, uh, Comer will say. Mm. We owe it to the American people to provide answers about this collusion, to censor information about Joe Biden's involvement with his family's business schemes. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, you know, the thing about the truth, especially something this huge, there's no way that it's not going to see daylight. At some point, we're going to learn everything about all of this. And I don't know if it will be as a result of the hearings, but we'll learn a lot as a result of the hearings. Um, and my gosh, it, it's like the whole FBI Twitter thing is its own separate thing, but it's not. No, that's a great point. It's, it's all, all it's all and, interrelated. And the classified documents and everything. Wow. The FBI and Twitter, you can you can draw a line yeah. to the classified documents and the response of the Department of Justice to all this. Wow. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.